On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Of course, that's my guy, Sam Ekstrom, over there to my right. Your left. I don't know how you're looking at it, but thanks for everybody watching us on YouTube. Thanks to everybody that continues to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, this is not my studio. I'm behind a brick wall. Why? Because I'm at my daughter's softball club tryout. So decide to still do the show. Show must go on. Uh, we're going to have David Cobb later in the show. We're going to talk daily three. The twins, of course. And then, you know, there's always NBA talk. But hey, let's jump into this, Sam. But before we get into this, so today's we're going to talk about offensive line. Now, the Vikings offensive line has been a thorn in our sides. For years, like they can never find five guys to really hold it together. So where do the Vikings fall in tiers when you're ranking the top offensive line? I got a hint from Sam that there's two teams from the NFC North in the top five. Is one of them the Vikings? We shall find out soon because, I mean, you got the Lions Bears. They can't be better than the Vikings, can they? But let's get a word from our sponsors first. You got it. Bet Online, Ron, is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info, the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. You had the NHL playoffs there. Now you've got MLB lines every single day. That's your continued source for all sports wagering info, live betting, esports, and scores. Bet Online remains the best spot for sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. They've got MMA, boxing, and golf as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, you heard it. I started it out. Sam, throw the question at me so we can answer this. Yep. So we started out the this PFF series where they graded every position group in the league at every position. So yesterday we did running backs. We found out where the Vikings stand. They're number four. Um, I'm going to give you a hint. They are not number four in the offensive <laughs> line. That's the position group we do today. Ron, <laughs> would you care to guess which two NFC North teams are in the PFF top five, and then we can get into where the Vikings land. They have another more context to this. They have six tiers of offensive line. Okay. They, so they group them into six groups. So I'm going to say Packers for sure. Packers are good. Mm -hmm. um, the other one I'm going to say, I mean, clearly, I mean, they hate the Vikings. So I'm going to go, and it's not the Bears. I'm going to go Lions because of who they have. Frank Ragnow is probably the best or one of the best centers in the NFL who can also play guard if he had to. But we know how tough he is. He played with broken bones, hurt throat. You know, I think his throat didn't work for a while. It was broken, and he still played. So he's a tough guy. Uh, Dan Campbell, hard nose. So I think that's the mindset they're trying to go with this Lions old school. Um, but what plays are they going to call? But anyway, that's a different question. Um, the other in that top tier, so there's four other teams. I'm going to say it's got to be, well, I was going to say Tristan Wirfs with the Bucks, But I don't know if they put the Bucks up there. Yep, they did. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So I, I figured it had to be an Iowa type of connection there. <laughs> and the other one, um, top like 49ers? I mean, I know they run the ball a ton, and George Kittle technically helps out. Could be them or the Colts because of Quentin Nelson. Yeah, so who's the team yesterday that you couldn't think of for the running backs who also has a very good offensive oh, line? They are the number Browns. two. 
yep. Cleveland Browns. Oh my goodness, they love Kevin Stefanski. This is like a Kevin <laughs> Stefanski. Like he he must know somebody in that group because they are loving up on him right now. But yeah, so Browns, Lions, Packers, and uh, I said it, the Buccaneers. Okay, I can see that. And so what tier did the Vikings? I'm gonna say Vikings have to be in tier four. Correct. The Vikings yep, are in tier four. That. They are yeah. number 19 in the league. And here's what they say about the Vikings in their description. Let me read this to you verbatim. Um, this could sneakily be the best offensive line of quarterback Kirk Cousins' Vikings career. Much of that, though, comes down to the development of the team's 2021 first-round pick, Christian Derrissaw. Derrissaw earned a 71.9 grade on 652 snaps last season and got stronger as the campaign wore on. So a lot of stock being placed in Christian Derrissaw, Ron, who who might be able to elevate that up a tier or two. Yeah, and I'd say Brian O'Neill, he, he gets overlooked. Um, yeah, I think he's a solid right tackle. Um, I think Ezra Cleveland's going to have a break, breakout year. It's going to be the center, the center play. He cannot get pushed back into Kirk Cousins' lap. I think, like we talked about, changing the protection, being able to get out of plays. If I'm a head coach and I know my quarterback has two years left, maybe, if I can, you know, maybe we re-sign him. They have to figure out now what they have because Kevin O'Connell is not here for two years to win the Super Bowl. He wants to be here for life. Like, he wants to have a 10, 15, you know, type career like Tony Dungy where he retires as a Vikings coach and he's like Bill Belichick and he's here forever. This ranking to me, and I'll let you say what you think, I think that nobody really wants to say the Vikings offensive line sucks, but nobody wants to praise them either. Like, they're always that middle-of-the-room student that, like, nobody really notices. They get a B-minus every time. Uh, just turn in your assignments, your own time to class. That's what the Vikings offense line to me. I feel like when it comes to a lot of rankings as a whole, and even Kirk Cousins, they do the same to Kirk Cousins. They throw him right in the middle of the class and say, hey, he's good. He's not great. He's not bad. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, so I look at this list of five, and this is interesting. They projected Ed Ingram as the right guard. Now, I don't know if that's happened in week one. I'm a little skeptical about that. But you look at this line, Christian Derrissaw, upside. Ezra Cleveland, upside. Ed Ingram, upside. So you've got three pieces on that line who all, I think, have room to improve in their careers. They're either first, second, or third years in the league. Um, That gives me a lot of hope that this could be a rising group instead of a declining group and I think that that's the key is that you just keep getting better and better as the season goes along uh so that you can capture what might be a special season for Cousins Jefferson Cook and Thielen but up next we're gonna have Gophers legend NFL running back NFL scout and coach David Cobb stay tuned for that Welcome back to the Ron Johnson show and of course I got David Cobb as promised we talked about him yesterday so we spoke him up Running backs was a conversation yesterday in the NFL, so got to bring my boy David Cobb in. Dave, thanks for joining me on the Ron yes, Johnson man. Show. I'm out here at location. Normally, I know everybody. I'm in my studio, but I'm out here at my daughter's uh, softball practice. She's doing a club practice. Uh, but we're going to jump right into it, man. Yesterday, Dave, we talked about running backs in the NFL, and they, they had a list. They had the top tier. They had four teams in the top tier, Vikings, Packers, uh, Colts, and Browns. They did not have – the Tennessee Titans. And I thought King Henry deserved to be in there. I know he doesn't have a ton of help backing him up, and I know he was hurt last year. Uh, what is the reason you think the drop-off in Henry, when you look at the, those other groups, not just the running back main guy, the groups, what do you think about the Tennessee Titans and why they would have been knocked down a tier when, you know, two years ago they were considered the best? Yeah, I uh, 
and just being a former teammate of uh, D. Henry, he definitely belongs on that list, right? But I think it's just more of a – not any knock to him, just kind of more of depth. When you look at Cleveland, you got Chubb, and Chubb needs a breather. You come in, and you got uh, the guy behind him. I've been drawing a blank on his name. But uh, and then you go over to the Colts and you got Taylor, right? Now you got Lindsey. So it's kind of like, and then they even might have a three-headed monster. They got some guys and Price that they drafted and some other guys. So kind of with Henry, it's just kind of like, you know, it's Henry. And then behind him, you know, there's kind of a little bit of uncertainty. So I think that's probably the, the biggest reason that he's not on there. But if we talk about, you know, just the main guys, you know, I think he's kind of the cream of the crop on the list is what he's able to get done. Yeah, look at it. NFL. I mean, you're, you're in the front office now. You get to go to practices. You see it every day. You played in the NFL. Uh, you were one of the best running backs in college football that I've watched. Um, when you see today's NFL, and I know you were a dual threat back, but is it changing with all these new age offenses, I guess you'll call them? Yeah, I, and I just think um, it's just, you know, with the with the mix of a lot of college guys coming to the league and, you know, you're seeing a lot of the college things working and these high-paced offense and, you know, all these teams want to play with tempo and throw the ball around. I just think the style of back that teams are using are changing. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you, you see it. And, you know, especially with our guy, our guy can kind of do it both, right? We got uh, McCaffrey, so he can catch the ball out of the backfield. We can line up out wide. Uh, he can run in between the tackles. So I just think today's, you know, college back is just being asked to do things that the, the running back hasn't been asked to do. And uh, the game is just changing and adapting. I, I think he's he's still valuable, but he's just valuable in a, in a different aspect of things. Yeah, and when you think about running backs, I mean, we talk new school running back. Let's go back old school. Marion Barber, one of the best running backs I've had the opportunity to play yeah. with. I've watched him play in the NFL as well. Um, he recently passed away, as we all know. Uh, what did, you know, one, you wore the maroon and gold. You were behind Marion. You know, you came in after him. Uh, what did it mean for you to just be a part of history like that, being a part of a school that had Lawrence Maroney, Marion Barber? Like, what does Marion Barber's legacy mean to college football, Gophers, but then NFL as well? Yeah, and, uh, you know, for me growing up, so I, I grew up in Texas, so I didn't, I didn't really know too much about Minnesota Gophers, but I knew who Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney were. So, um, you know, it was when I came on a recruiting visit, it was kind of late. You know, Minnesota was kind of, you know, behind me. I didn't I didn't really this wasn't really one of my top schools. But when I came up there and I was like, oh, Marion Barber and Maroney, they you know I'm saying they play they play here. And just seeing those guys and seeing what they were able to do, splitting carries and just, you know, the amount of success that he had. You know, I, I hate that I didn't get to speak to Marion much. So just kind of, you know, congratulations here and there or, you know, how you doing here and there. But uh Man, it was just huge to see what those guys been able to do. And, you know, I know Marion, he was in Dallas and, you know, just, you know, coming up to Minnesota and seeing the success that he had and him and uh, Maroney. And uh, I remember I talked to him on my visit um, over a FaceTime, not FaceTime, over a call. And he was just like, man, it don't matter if it's cold or not. Just 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 put on. And I was like, man, that's that's Barber. So that was kind of like my first, my first uh, meeting him. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just meant a lot when you look up and you see those two guys, and you know, breaking tackles here and there. It just kind of, you know, made me feel comfortable, and just kind of made me, you know, want to strive to do something and just be like those guys, and just kind of hold their reputation of, you know, what a Minnesota running back is supposed to look like. Yeah, and when you look at that, you just said it, Marion and Maroney, two backs, splitting carries. Glenn Mason spoke at Marion's funeral about that. Yeah. You know. How Marion didn't, you know, didn't question that he was only going to get 
16 carries in a game or, yeah. you know, Maroney, vice versa. Maroney would get 15 carries. Marion would have 25. Uh, you know, that was their formula, 40 to 45 carries. But, hey, it's going to be split. It might not be even, but we're going to get it going. In today's college football with this transfer portal, do you think there's another opportunity to have something like that? Or do you think a lot of these running backs, when they figure out, hey, I'm only going to get 15 carries, I'm good, like Marion and Maroney, both are NFL caliber guys, they're going to jump ship and go to the next school? Yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> it's it's a, just kind of a different landscape. And you got NIL and, you know, you got four and five stars, you know, who don't want to wait their time. But, again, man, that's just a testament to the type of person that they both were to be able to split carries and, and still have success if it was 10 carries or 16 carries. And I just think in today's game, um, you know, I don't I don't know if we'll see that dual threat, you know, like Barbara Maroney or, you know, Bush, Lindell White. I, I'm not sure if we – if, we, if we'll get that, if we get that, I think it'll be kind of be more by surprise. I don't know if guys, uh, you know, have the patience to stick it out two to three or four years and, you know, play behind a guy until their number is called. So I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think we got some good guys at Minnesota right now. Yeah, you know, we got, some, we got some good guys and, you know, they're doing good. We got Mo coming back. So I'm not sure. I hope we do. I hope we do. I hope we guys, you know, learn and grow and, you know, continue to compete and, you know, stay home. Don't always leave, but, you know, I'm not sure if we'll if we'll be able to get that combo and you know, guys will be happy, you know, playing behind a guy for two to three years. Yeah, looking at your memories, man, what's a, a big time memory or your favorite memory of being a gopher football player? Um I think my favorite on field memory. So, you know, I don't know if you guys really remember, but I didn't really play much until I was a junior. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, sat behind uh Kirkwood and Dewan Bennett. So uh, my favorite memory is kind of weird. So my first my first start was against Northwestern at Northwestern my junior year, and my first carry I fumbled. Oh wow! My first my first carry I fumbled the ball, and then I was like, you know, I was like, that's it. You know, I finally got a chance to start. You know, I've been working. And I first carry I fumbled. And I come over to the sideline, and uh, at the time, Brian Anderson was my running back coach and Coach Q, and they came over to me. I'm like, yeah, they about to pull me. And they looked at me, and he was just like, you're our guy. Let's go. And I think that I think that was like that was like huge for me because, you know, after that I went on, you know, you have a 100-plus yard game and, you know, a, a pretty decent career. But just those two guys coming over to me and letting me know that, hey, you know, good or bad, you know, they rocking with me. That was that was huge for me, just this confidence building. You know, I kind of you know, built up a little swag and built up a little momentum. But I tell people all the time, that's one of the biggest memories that stood out to me to know that coach, my running back coach and coach Kill had my back, whether it was good or bad. That was probably the biggest thing for me. And when you and when you look at running backs, I know you're with the Panthers, so you, you gotta mm -hmm. be a little biased, but when you look at running backs, <laughs> <laughs> when you look at running backs as a whole, um, in today's NFL, if you were to sit up and say, here's my top three or four running backs. Mm -hmm. uh, I love watch playing, watching right now. Um, or these are some guys I'm going to turn on film for my guys and say, hey, this is this is kind of what you want to emulate in the NFL. Who would be your three to four guys right now in the NFL? Well, well, yeah, outside, outside of our guy, uh, McCaffrey, I, uh, I think Kamara in, in New Orleans, just his balance and his patience and his vision and know how smooth he is and again he can kind of run inside outside he's valuable in the passing game you know he's a guy that you got to keep on the field so I really enjoy him I think uh Taylor 
Jonathan Taylor right now and in, in Indy, uh, he, he's a beast, you know, to be that big and run that fast. And once he hits it, he breaks tackles. You know, he has great contact balance uh, and all of that. And uh, I think, uh, you know, my in my third guy, it's kind of a mix-up between between uh, Henry and Chubb. Okay. You know, maybe similar styles, Henry a little bigger, but, uh, you know, Chubb as well. I mean, he can Chubb can go the distance, right, with any carry. He can go 70 or he can get to two or three tough yards, and the same with Henry, so. I think it's a lot, a lot of good backs. You know, you got to respect Zeke. You know, he's a little older man of the crew, but you, you still got to respect Zeke. So, I think the league is in good hands. I'm excited to see with uh, with the uh, the young guy in Jacksonville that got hurt. He didn't get a chance to play his rookie year. Uh, Etn. I'm excited to see what he what he can yep. do. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a uh, you know a, a great group of backs, and like you say, the league is kind of changing and what they ask the backs to do. And, but there are some still some old school guys like Henry and Chubb that get it done between the tackles. I want to thank David Cobb for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, stick around. We got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll be back after this. All right, you heard from David Cobb. You heard about the Vikings offense line. Well, now it's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. A diss for Daniil Hunter. Uh, there was an article on ESPN Plus yesterday in a poll of 50 players, executives, scouts, and coaches. They ranked the top 10 edge rushers in the NFL. Daniil Hunter, Ron, did not make the list. He was, however, an honorable mention. He did not make the official list. So I ask you, Ron, does he belong in the top 10 edge rushers in the NFL coming off two years of injury? Do you want to read the 10? Yes, I do. TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Max Crosby, Vaughn Miller, Chandler Jones, Brian Burns, Khalil Mack, and Cameron Jordan. So you know what that that so I I love this show with uh, Nick Cannon wilding out and they do a thing where it's like that solid or that shaky. Um, I'd say six of those six or seven of those guys are solid. Like yeah, I, I definitely agree. They they've shown Vaughn Miller. He had a resurgence with the Rams. We'll see what he does with the Bills. Uh, Max Crosby, that's a shaky one for me, like over Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter, I think this is the thing. The NFL is what have you done for me lately, Lee? We know that. Daniel Hunter was hurt. Daniel Hunter has not played solid, like, in a while. He's not had a full, like, okay, I'm back, I'm ready to go type of year. Daniel Hunter went healthy. We know this. He got the money. He was the, like, fastest to, to whatever sacks at 25, I think 50 sacks before the age of 25 or something like that, um, or, or whatever the number was. But Daniel Hunter is one of the top edge rushers. This is the problem, health. So where I put him in that list, yes, I would put him in that list. I would definitely put him up there with Von Miller. Uh, the Bosa's, it's tough because we know what they do year in and year out. Same with TJ Watt. But in the 3-4, now this is going to be the key. Where does Daniel line up? Because we all assume he's just outside linebacker. There's a chance he's playing a five technique, which now puts him on guys like tackles by himself or guards. Daniel Hunter will be in that top five, if not top, I mean, sorry, top 10, if not top five edge rushers this season. All right. Before question number two, are you ready to pop the question? Are you celebrating a milestone moment? You need to get to BlueNile.com right away. They've got simple online tools that let you choose diamond shapes, diamond sizes, clarity, settings, style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft 
her perfect engagement ring, if that's the occasion that you're looking for. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. That's an unbelievable deal. This podcast exclusive also includes engagement rings. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. BlueNile.com. Go there today. And, Ron, we've got another Twins win to talk about. They expand their AL Central lead to four and a half games. It seemed like last week they had lost the lead completely. The Guardians have tanked to your Tigers, and the Twins <laughs> knock off the White Sox. Eight to two, five home runs last night, two for Alex Kirilov. Uh, they play again this afternoon going for the sweep. But uh, the Twins have righted the ship, Ron, after a rough stretch against the Guardians. Yeah, well, one, we got to get Lavelli Neal back because we talked about this White. That's his team, the White Sox. We talked about them earlier in the year uh, and where the Twins and White Sox would match up. Uh, he did say, let's be real, he did say he thought the Twins were better, but he was hoping the White Sox would be better. Um, the Guardians, it's not the Guardians. I'm just happy the Tigers are helping the Twins. The Tigers sometimes became a thorn in the twin side with some of the wins they got, some of the ways they won last year with the doubleheader, seventh inning, whatever, walk-off, international rule, guy on second stuff uh, that they do. And then all of a sudden the twins find a way to come back and win. So it's, it's just one of those things where the Tigers, um, it seems like a team you should just beat, but it doesn't happen. And then the Guardians, you just assume they're going to beat the, 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 the Tigers because of the way they play the Yankees. And the Tigers are helping them out. So this lead at one point was five or six games. And then the, the the Cleveland Guardians slowly but surely start coming back and everybody was getting nervous, you know, sitting on their hands, biting their nails. Hey, the Twins are finding a way to get it done. They're finding a way to win these games. And the Guardians are letting it slip. So, again, this is only the halfway mark. I mean, I, like I said, our goal, if the Twins can get to 100 wins, I think they'll be solid and they'll be good to go. But this is just showing that their bat power has it. They just have to find the bullpen to match these home runs. And they found it but they got to stick to it. Maybe their their pitching coach leaving, maybe that's going to ignite this 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 bullpen and say, you know what, screw this guy. He didn't want to be here. Let's go out and show him what he's missing. So that's my take. All right. I'm going to test your NHL draft mind, Ron. The wild pick tomorrow night. They've got two first-round picks. So here's the either-or, Ron. I don't want, I'm not asking you who they're going to take because I don't know the guys okay. either. But are they going to keep the picks and select – or are they going to try and deal those picks and get a player that can help them right now? I would personally say deal the picks. Um, just looking at what the Timberwolves just did, looking at the, what the Vikings did to get their guy, Lewisine, I feel like this is a year of deals. I think they're going to deal the picks to try to get a guy. Because if you think about uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and we heard Jason Zucker talk about him. We heard uh, Nick Bukestek talk about him. Uh, they need a one-two punch. You know, when you look at Connor McDavid and who he has, you look at Sidney Crosby and who he has, like you need a one-two punch. Fiala was that one-two punch, but he disappeared in the playoffs. So if I'm the wild, I'm going to deal those picks and go get a guy that I know right now can walk into this building. He can be right aside at Kirill Kaprizov. He can give us goal scoring when we need in the playoffs. They're a playoff caliber team. Uh, they're going to have most of their pieces back. They have to deal the picks. That's just my thought. I'm dealing the picks to go get a better guy. Yeah, I, I lean that way as well. I just think that the, when you have so little cap space and the Wild have like $7 million to work with, which is not very much, um, yep. you got to use your assets to try to get players. 
that can help you win right now because this is a a win first mentality on this team. You've got Kaprizov in his prime. You've got a lot of good young talent on the blue line. Uh, you you got to go all in, and that might mean sacrificing a little bit of the future. Uh, if you give up one of those first round picks, get someone that can help you now, and then you still have one left to, to select. I think that's the best of both worlds. So uh, I would I would definitely be trying to wheel and deal if I was Bill Guerin. Yeah, and I mean, again, this is the town where lately all the GMs and coaches have been making big moves. So Vikings did it in the draft. We weren't happy, but we'll see what happens with Lewis. Or the fans weren't happy with some of the teams they traded with. Not the fact that they got what they got, but who they traded. Because they got Andrew Booth and they got Lewis Seen. So, hey, it's probably going to work out. Timberwolves, the NBA saying it's a D trade? I don't <laughs> think so. But whatever. If they go out and become the second seed in the, in the, in the NBA this year in the, in the West – Nobody's gonna say that. They're gonna look back and say, "Hey, that's it's." He basically has Anthony Edwards, which is Donovan Mitchell. You got Gobert. You have a Carlton Towns, which the Utah Jazz did not have, and the Utah Jazz were a four seed at one point with just two guys. So now you give them those similar two with Cat. That's a four to. I, it's gotta be a four or better seed. Like that's just my opinion. But that'll do it for the daily three. That'll do it for the Ron Johnson show today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast, and have a great day.